This is Leah Jones, Director of Financial Planning at Hightower Bethesda. Thanks for joining me today as I explore topics that I hope arm you with the ability to make smart financial decisions. All right, so I am here today with Sarah Jamshidi, and our topic of discussion is really related to business owners and making sure that they're always thinking about the ultimate business exit at every stage. And we here at Hightower Bethesda, we work with a lot of business owners, and I can't emphasize enough how important of a topic this is. So I'd like to start off by introducing our speaker today, Sarah Dijamshidi, owner of Speed Shift Advisors. Sarah is an exit strategy advisor and licensed banker who works with clients to obtain a successful exit strategy as defined by what's really important to them. And I think that's an important distinction. Mm -hmm. So uh, Sarah has been doing this for over two decades and she's worked with over 200 companies. Uh, She's able to work with companies through different stages of their life and in diverse types of businesses. She has even testified to the U.S. Senate on small business issues, and so she is definitely an expert in this space. So let's jump into it and uh, talk about the number one concern on every business owner's mind. What is that, Sarah? Actually, um, thank you, Leah. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, Excited to talk about this topic, which is near and dear to uh, my heart and my passion. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And so if you do actually uh, talk to business owners and there have been studies and surveys, and you know, it's interestingly enough, business owners won't say exit is on their mind. It's not the thing that's keeping them up at night. What they actually say is growth. They care about where the growth, um, should come from um, and how they're going to grow next year and all of that. Right. Well, growth is what keeps you in business, right? Uh, that's absolutely. <laughs> and it's important. But my question to follow up uh, with that is, okay, growth is absolutely great. As a CEO, that is what I'm concerned about as well. And I work with my clients on to how to achieve growth. But my question then becomes, to what end? And what kind of growth? Not all kinds of growth is good, necessarily. Um, so there are different kinds of revenues and what have you. And so the point is, you know, think of, thinking about an exit to formulate a strategic plan to then shape your growth strategy and do that because you kind of need to work it from the back to the to the beginning and if you have that then i think it's great i think all businesses start with a business plan today if you were to start a business you know start a business without a business plan even if it's on the back of a napkin or if it is like one pager like the 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 lean model if you do any of those things and you'll be great if you don't have that people and investors and employees will look at you like you don't have a plan how are you going to do that now when you fast forward that when a business has been in flight or has been growing for some time um you know then they don't have an equivalent of that for the next phase of the business you have the launch you have the growth but what is the exit and quite often business owners and ceos don't necessarily have a plan for that Right. I know from our perspective, it's because they're just trying to survive every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And they could be having tremendous um, success, but, you know, they just have a lot of responsibilities and they're just thinking every day about how do I keep pushing my business um, forward, which obviously that is a focus. um, But sometimes taking that step back and having a bigger picture focus, including things like a business plan and thinking about 
the exit strategy. I know something, a term you've coined is um, always be planning yes. for your exit. Exactly. Um, and, and that doesn't matter what stage, right? That could exactly. be day one, essentially, right? Yes. If you are a tech startup, um, you already begin in your business plan, have an exit strategy in place. You say we want to sell to Google, Facebook, Amazon, Uber, whatever that is. But if you are outside of the tech sector, sometimes we forget that. Um, if you are starting a PR and, you know, advertising agency or you have some other kind of business, um, you don't sit down and think about, all right, when, you know, give it 10 years, 20 years, whatever that time frame is, ultimately, what is our goal for an exit? Um, exit is one side of the equation. But what I also see um, in, in addition to that is a lot of business owners and CEOs don't even have a succession plan in place. Um, you know, there's statistics out there that 67% of business owners don't have any written or formal succession plan, let alone even like a plan B. I mean, you and I can talk about that for hours uh, mm -hmm. on just that topic alone. Yeah. I'm sure you see that with the clients that you're working with that happen to be business owners. But what we're talking about is Essentially, if the CEO and the business owner, God forbid, gets hit by a bus or drops dead, uh, there is no plan B. Right. Um, that is, and I have seen that happen. I mean, mm. I have seen that happen where a company was owned by a veteran, federal government contractor. The, the husband developed a rare form of cancer, died very quickly, unfortunately, and then the comp and he was the only veteran in the in the sort of leadership role. And so his wife had to jump in and his request in on his dying bed was for wife to take over the business and continue to grow and take care of the employees. But how was she going to do that? Because she right. didn't have the veteran status. So what ended up happening was the company essentially overnight fell into this sort of free fall mm. in terms of revenue and they were trying to capture whatever they can and they were coming to me and saying well, what can we do how can we sell and this is something that if you had plans in place right. ahead of time they're not selling at an opportune no point. i mean they, all of a sudden the company became a third of what it was. it was yeah so i mean when i see things like that those are the things that i am passionate about and really want to get out there and spread the message that, you know, you need to think about an exit, you need to th think about your succession or transfer or transition. Mm -hmm. uh, because absent that, um, it's just a big liability on the company. And, and, and then the exit strategy is also a roadmap, because you can figure out where you want to ultimately take the company. And then everything that you do is in line with that. Right. And, and so to your point about having a succession plan, somebody else could step in and follow that roadmap exactly as opposed to just being in a free it's fall. not all in your head um it is actually that some and then you can actually involve other folks in it outside um folks to provide and an, a fresh perspective you can work with your employees and your management to be able to uh, get like 360 view that you can actually implement and that ultimately in the end um, pays dividend you know, we know that the one thing that's on every business owner's mind is growth, mm -hmm. right? More importantly, having a chance of a successful liquidity event at some point, if that's their goal, or having a successful uh, success strategy laid out so that the business mm -hmm. continues um, in their absence or if they want to retire or take a day off of work, right? Um, so what would you say is the best way for someone that is maybe listening to this right now and saying, oh my gosh, I don't have either of those things mm -hmm. in place. What is the best way for someone to get started? 
Okay, that's a very good question. Um, so let me step back for a second and talk about that, the fact that if people are listening to this podcast, I think they're already in the minority and probably the leading pack that you could argue they have exit on their mind. So I think that is great. Um, that's a great place to start. So that's, that's fantastic. I want to step back for a second and talk about the fact that, you know, when you take a look at the market, the sad reality is that about 50 or so percent of M&A transactions actually fail. We talk about exit being one of the major goals. You ultimately try to grow a company that one day you can achieve that liquidity. Well, 50 percent of M&A transactions fail. Then yeah. there's many reasons into that, and we can just have a podcast topic on that. Right. Um, what happened and, and how to fix it. But um, so that is a sad reality. And, and so but the thing is, there are many ways that you can help prepare yourself for that. I would say sometimes people would say, okay, business owners or CEOs, the, the, you know, the ones who are more proactive, the ones who have a long view and are just trying to not work on the, you know, in the business, but also on the business, they try to do once a year, like strategic planning and, mm -hmm. and basically bring, you know, their employees or the management team try to do that. The good ones actually then follow through and actually try to execute on those things. But let me tell you how most of them usually happen. It's, you know, basically looking at at the market saying these are our competitors this is what they have this is the market share that we're trying to go after these are the customers or the accounts or the agencies that we're trying to go after this is the revenue we're trying to shoot for and then therefore work it backward well what kind of sale resources do we need what kind of business development resources do we need what do we have to be able to get there and all of that i think those things are great but again it, you know trying to top that with an exit strategy is great let me tell you how some of the serial entrepreneurs that I have worked with that have successful exits many times have done this. Not only they would do that, but they actually would take a look at the M&A market. They would take a look at the market. So they would be talking to investment bankers, exit advisors way in advance and along the way, even sometimes from the beginning, and taking a look at what is happening in the marketplace and what companies with what characteristics are attractive to buyers. And I'm not saying just follow that, um, but it is important to factor that into your growth. At least be aware of exactly. what's going on. I mean, I know I, I worked with a CEO who at earlier stage, now granted this was his like fourth company, um, and he had three successful exits, but he was even talking about switching the CRM system of the company to the CRM system that the acquirer is going to use mm. so that just to in, be in a more one less position. exactly yeah. one less integration potential integration issue mm -hmm. um, down the line we're talking like ultimate reverse engineering here okay <laughs> and so what this is what i am talking about in that with an exit plan get started it's something that is a, a process it can be part of a strategic plan but at least you know talk to folks that see deals every day whether it's um, you know M&A advisors investment bankers exit advisors and and include them in your conversation in your circle of advisors um, whether it's an advisory board whether it's you know on engagement whatever that is to get that data and also take a look at um, you know the M&A market and see what is attractive and try to factor that into your longer term vision yeah. into the exit strategy. I think that's great advice and something that you don't hear very often, which is be aware of those things. I mean, a CRM is vital to any successful company and uh, sharing the same one as potential acquirers is a little thing that you might not 
that you might overlook at the time because you decide for whatever reason to go with a different CRM. So I think that's really great advice is to just reach out to, to people that know and, and find out some of those things that could give you a small advantage in the end. And it could turn out to a lot of additional money in your pocket, right? Absolutely. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, an, a, a business that you worked with um, that was successful with their exit strategy? Because I know one thing that you've always said is really important is defining your exit strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and then being happy with it after, right. Post transaction. So you don't have sellers remorse. None of us want to have that. You want to feel good about what you built and you want to feel good about selling it. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that process and how you kind of defined it and worked through it and ultimately how the client felt about it? Sure. So let me start with one thing that you just mentioned, and that is the minority of business owners being happy post exit. So there is a statistic out there that basically says there is seven to 10% of business owners are happy 12 months post a transaction. That's crazy to me. It's that such a low number. When you start adding the number of businesses that have succession plan and then, then percentage of the M&A transactions then fail and you stack this on top. Right. I mean, then this does, looks like <laughs> a gloomy uh, picture. <laughs> it does, but it doesn't have to be. I it guess is what I'm trying, yes. trying to say. So that that is why it is my passion to actually work with business owners and my clients to end up in the 7 to 10%. And, and our ultimate goal is to eventually sort of move the needle and so actually be having more happy business owners post a transaction and by the way that number is independent of how much money they made and how much money what ended up in the bank account post transaction there's yeah. a lot of other things again that's another thing for yeah. another conversation but so I wanted to start with that so it is a minority of business owners that feel happy well so let me talk to you about a client that actually ended up in the happy category and so um, it was a federal government uh, IT contractor, and in this business, uh, there were three partners that started. Um, this was, um, for some of the partners, that was their first sort of venture, and for some, for you know, for my client, um, this was his second. He was, it was uh, his second GovCon that he was running. Now, when 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 they started, they talked about, you know, we're going to give ourselves five years we're going to give ourselves five years and then we're going to revisit and see where we are. But let's shoot for a five-year exit. Everything that we're going to do is going to be geared towards that. What you know, agencies we're going to go after, what kind of contract vehicles we're going to go after, what kind of people we're going to hire. It basically, they had an exit plan in, in the first place. When I have him talk you know, on various talks with me, that's what he says. It's like, you got to start have you know plan your exit from the beginning so they the three partners agreed on a rough timeline and certain parameters on what the exit needs to look like mm -hmm. we we're going to be at like around 25 million or so we think in that time frame and that's when we want to exit because then we're going to approach our size standards and and what have you and so when the five-year time frame came came um, you know, they had basically grown very strategically from the beginning. They use financial systems that are basically a lot more complicated and like sort of the Cadillac version of the financial system. They were in using QuickBooks again with the end in mind. Um, so they were using sophisticated financial planning software, HR tools, all of that. And so when they came to that time, they looked at the market and they saw, well, health IT at the time, it is very attractive and buyers are looking for that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the capability 
capability that they had. They looked at the market and they said, the market, the, you know, the thing seems to be lining up. Where we are and where the market is, we think we this is a good window to go for an exit. And so that's when we started working. And we started working with them before that, but then when that was the time to strike. And so then that's we prepared the company with very little preparation. Um, because they had done everything right. Because they were doing it And all actually, along. by the way, later, um, that made the, the sort of due diligence a lot easier. Faster. Because, so you could close the transaction. Yes. Doesn't and get so, hung up and... Right. Still, M&A transaction is like a bumpy ride, uh, but, you know, they did so well. And so the transaction was smooth, and then we went to market and what have you. And so um, they ended up on the happy side. Again, they basically had their eye on the target. They figured from out the what beginning. that was, yeah. and they sort of reverse engineered and built a company from ground up with those characteristics in place. I mean, they could have had QuickBooks. I mean, again, no offense against QuickBooks, but, uh, you know, running a, that size of a company with all the bells and whistles that they needed was impossible so they they invested early mm. in infrastructure and things and talent and what have you to get them there and they were very successful and they ended up um you know very happy and years later still in touch with him and talk to him and he's definitely in the happy category good well i want to touch on because i think that's a great story of things going well but you mentioned that most people are unhappy mm -hmm. uh, post-transaction and and you said something that was interesting to me which was that it's not always about money because that's what i would think naturally right well people are unhappy because they didn't get the money that they thought that their business was worth um aside from the money what are some of the other reasons ultimately that people are unhappy post-transaction? Yeah, well, it's actually, that's a very good point. And there's been Harvard study, there's like the longest study ever that was done on happiness. Um, there's a lot of reasons that go into what makes a human being happy. Um, but I share one story. Um, you know, I ha had a business owner that went through a transaction and I had my client and then we were speaking on a panel. And one of the things I said, well, do you fall in the happy category and unhappy category? One of them was in the happy category, the one we talked about, and the other one said unhappy. And, and the unhappy one, he made a lot of money. And mm. so I remember distinctly the example that he shared was, I said, what were you doing the night of the transaction where the money wired into your account? So you go all of a sudden <laughs> from right. whatever it is. The happiest moment in your life. Zeros, besides yeah. getting married or having your kids exactly. or whatever. Holding your first kid or all that. Yeah. So he was like, at 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning, I was pacing the floor. I could see the dollars in my bank account, but something was different something was very different and i was pacing i did not sleep at all that night and that's not the sort of what i expected to that's hear that's counterintuitive yes and, sure. and so when you start unpacking that there was a lot of things behind it and that was he defined himself for the longest time in the business and now the sort of business um that he had spent so many years building was sort of gone mm. and so there was this sort of sense of absence of something. And mm -hmm. so that is why it's important when we talk to our clients and we'll begin the M&A process, we're not just focused um, and, the, you know, as a banker, we are focused on getting a successful transaction, you know, having our client make the most money out of the sale of their business. But beside that, we have specific programs geared towards answering some of those tough questions, which is basically is, you know, um, 
what got you excited about the business in the first place? Um, what is your so? This is something that we ask often. And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, people say like, you know, I want to study and go to college and then so I can become a lawyer. Or I, if I want to, you know, I want to go work at this firm so I, I can become X. For a business owner, it's like I want to grow and exit my business so. Mm -hmm. So we get to the question of what is your so? So you, so you ran a business and successfully, you exited successfully, you achieved liquidity. So what do you want to do with your life then? Right. And a lot of times people look at us like a, you know, with a blank stare, like, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been doing yeah. this for so long. Right. I have no idea. It's the same thing with retirement, right? It can be exactly. a little bitter <laughs> sweet because you work exactly. so hard to get there. Absolutely. And, yeah. and so that's the thing. And, and so, um, you know, those are some of the things that they talk about. And we try to tackle those things early on so that you're not sitting at the eve of a transaction pacing, pacing the floor, despite how many zeros have showed up into In your, your account. account. Yeah. Um, you're, you're still feel a sense of loss and what have you, so. Yeah, so we have a lot of business owners as clients. And, you know, I, I think what's interesting about exit strategies is, um, you could be in a position where you're done with it. It was your baby. You've seen it to where you wanted to see it to, and you really don't want to participate anymore. Right. Um, but we also see a lot of business owners that they still care about the business. They still want to be a part of it. They still uh, believe in its future. And they think that they're aligning themselves with a strategic partner that can bring something to the table that they can't, they've gotten to a point where they can go as far as they can go. Um, and I think something that I've seen some of our business owners really enjoy is if they do still continue to have percent equity, right? So they have a liquidity event, but they um, negotiate so that they still have some remaining equity. So they have some skin in the game, so to speak. Um, and maybe they have a contract in place too, where they're going to make X amount of dollars for X amount of years. Of course, that makes them an employee again, which not, none of them particularly like. But at the same time, they're still a, a part of the transaction. And I would imagine... If they want that um, and they think about that beforehand, that would be something that would, would probably add to their happiness at post-transaction. Absolutely, and that is something that you can work into the transaction and begin to have those conversations with a buyer ahead of time and not after you sign and say, oh, by the way, you know, I like to stay involved. Um, and, you know, it is important to know also where the buyer, how the buyer looks at that. I know a case, for example, where an owner exactly felt the same way as you did uh, you said and they wanted to remain involved but one particular buyer an individual basically told them look i see the most you sticking around is about four or five months after that then i don't think so because i think we're going to bump heads and he was the owner was so shocked by that that he was like what I mean, I can't believe he said that to me. And, right. and so, but, but that's the reality, right? Mm -hmm. And so have, knowing what the preference is, um, then you can make plans. You can also work it into the conversations with the buyer and into the transaction and, and see how it, it right. plays out. Find out how open yep. they are to that. Exactly. And if they are open, great. If they don't, you factor that into your decision. Is that a great buyer or not? Do you have other choices? And then also maybe there are other things that you can do. Maybe you can give back to the industry uh, by being you know, active in some industry organization or work with the next generation of entrepreneurs that are trying, like they're 
you know, five or 10 steps behind you that are trying to build companies. So there's many ways you can try to figure out um, how you can continue to impact and, and shape what you have built and continue with that legacy. Uh, it may be with that company or maybe outside of that. Yeah. I think uh, one statistic that you talked about that, again, is not widely recognized is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but 50% of um, sale transactions just fail to ever get a buyer. Is yep. that correct? Exactly. So that's a one. lot of businesses go unsold. So that's one in two companies. And so, you know, from my perspective, because we work with a lot of business owners and, and I'm working with them specifically on their financial plan, what that really emphasizes to me is you can't bank on that, right? So you've got to build up your nest egg elsewhere during that time of being a business owner. And that's something I see business owners sometimes misfire on because they're, you know, they're putting all the money back into the business. They're trying to grow it aggressively. They think it's their best investment. They have their control over it. So it makes them feel comfortable. But, you know, ultimately if you're investing all that and you don't have a plan and you don't have a successful exit, then you don't have anything to support yourself, um, which is, you know, a problem. So I think, I think it's really important to just highlight that and to know, Hey, you know what? I have a, a 50% chance of success. Number one, I'm going to do everything I can to be in that 50% of successful people. But number two, I'm also going to set up things outside of this business that will be a cushion for me in, in the case that things don't work out for whatever reason. So I think that's, you know, just really important, um, to bring home as a point, uh, when it comes to these transactions, because you know, what we read about all the time is success. But, exactly. you know, what I tell people with a business is it's an illiquid asset. It's like your home. There has to be a buyer. It's not a daily priced equity where we know what it is and there's always a buyer. It's illiquid. If nobody else is interested in it, if it's a business that's antiquated, if it's a business that hasn't kept up, then um, there's not going to be a buyer out there. Or they might be buying at a fraction of what you might have envisioned that your business was worth. Um, and so, you know, without having a reality check as a business owner about that, I think, you know, you can definitely set yourself up for a surprise. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so many things there that you said that brings like different anecdotes in, in mind. One business owner, um, um, a smaller business, three to $5 million business. He had had it for 20 plus years. Um, and he hovered around the same, maybe went up to 5 million or so, but he basically ran it more like a lifestyle business. Mm -hmm. Um, it was very, did, you know, he did very well with it. He had a great take home in terms of money and what have you. He started developing health issues. And although he liked what he was doing, he started thinking about a sale. He never thought about that before. before yeah. And but because of the way he was structured, his company in terms of management, what have you, in terms of the kind of work that he did in terms of how essential he was to the business, all of that, if he were to sell it, he would probably get a million and a half for it. And so now it was going to be, and, and if he continued to run the business for three years, he probably made more money than that. Right. Um, but he couldn't. Right. So he couldn't continue to do that. So it's very important to highlight a couple of things. And that is exit, you know, exit planning it or an exit is not an event to plan for. It is actually a process. That's is why I say, you know, you got to be thinking about exit at every stage of your business. It is a process and it's not just an event that you plan for. Um, a, a sort of a very simple analogy, forgive me here. It's like saying, 
you know, I go to dentist twice a year and they clean my teeth and so I don't have to brush every day. You know, I mean, it's like, okay, so it would be great. But if you were to do that, then I think your all your teeth would fall out, you know. Um, Most likely. So yeah, and and so, but if you combine that with great diet and then you know everyday brushing and what have you like that, uh, then you you will have great teeth, and you can hold on to them for a long time. Exit planning and that whole process is similar in that, yes, you have to plan for it. You have to chip away at it. You use it as a strategy to formulate what your growth and strategic plan is going to be. But it needs to be combined with other things. And quite often early on, we ask our business owners, um, what is your financial plan? What is your financial, personal financial plan calls for? Because so then we can figure out what are we trying to target? And is this the right time to go for liquidity or not? Or do we need to continue to grow the company for maybe two years or five years before we we do that and so to your point uh, there are many facets and, and let's not forget the importance of the personal financial planning because half the time the business owners don't know what their lifestyle or what their life calls for in terms of the liquidity that they desire mm -hmm. they think their business is worth a certain amount and they would like a certain liquidity but what is the reality has right. anybody fact-checked that <laughs> right so yeah, and I think you you raised a great point with your example of that particular business owner. What we also see is that most businesses, there's a key person, and that's the person that keeps that business running. It keeps you know the uh, new sales coming in, um, and so you know, unfortunately, while that might afford that person a good good salary throughout the year. Uh, there is no succession plan because every it, that that business would crumble without mm -hmm. that person, and so um, absolutely, yeah, that leads. I'm in the middle of a deal right now. I tell you, for example, and the number one at every single conversation with a buyer, the question that comes up is how key are the two business owners to the customer relationships? Are they the ones who bring the business? What is the growth engine of the company? Are there other people inside the company or really are those two people? And if those two business owners want eventually want to wind down and exit the company, then it's important to have someone to be able to do that. Can you put yourself in the buyer's shoes and saying, you know, basically you're the key to the success right, of the why company. Why am I going to spend all this And by the money? way, post-transaction, CEO, I'm out the door. You know, it just, <laughs> it, it doesn't work like that. Right. And again, more of a reason why knowing what is it that you want to do from multiple angles and then planning for that so we get that question we're in the middle, every single conversation with a buyer that question has come up okay well i think we're running short on time here sarah but as always pleasure speaking with you i think you provided some great content here give our business owners that are listening some really good things to think about um, and some insight to put them in that bucket of happy sellers with the strategy with a game plan ahead of time and always focused on that um, versus only focusing on the growth from a day-to-day -day -day perspective so thank you very much pleasure being here thank you Hightower Bethesda is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC member FINRA and SIPC and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. 
past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Bethesda and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Hightower Bethesda and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.